Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Okay, we are back, and I have to say, this is going to be one of our weirder shows. <laughs> Julie and I... We're, we're just, trying to make it not weird, people. We are trying. Yeah, we have... It's not uh, working. We, it's not working, right. We just finished up a really great interview with uh, Dave Kennard, who's the president, co-president, actually, of EXP Realty. If you guys didn't listen to that, make sure you listen to that. And every day, Julie and I, we have, uh, what... Four people that are working with us, trying to, you know, we're coming up with new content, new articles and whatnot on the main site, timandjulieharris.com. And we have lots and lots of people that email us, text us, just share different articles they found. And uh, guys, it's getting weird. I just don't know how other way to say it. So what we're going to do today is Julie and I are going to share with you some of the strangest, craziest, you're going to think we're making it up headlines that we found Um and we verified every one of these stories that we're about to share with you as not being BS. A couple of them, seriously, we thought were absolutely fake news. And we did everything we could to verify that they are true. And some of this stuff, we'll just, I don't know how to tell them how it's just how flipping weird it is, yeah. right? All right. Well, there you go. So, um, look, you know what, Julie? We should just get right. But, you know, before we get right to the first crazy headline that you mm-hmm. won't believe, um, I want to remind all of you that... In order to thrive, you have to survive. And that's what we're in right now. We're, we are in the survival mode in our industry, but not just in the real estate industry, but in the economy on a whole. So if you are struggling with that mentally and emotionally, um, I really think you need to move past that as fast as you possibly can. And you need to get firmly in survival mode. We've been telling you guys nonstop for the past three weeks about all the different programs the government was coming out with. Look, we are the last people that will ever tell you guys to stand in line you know, for any sort of government handout except now. And we gave you the reasons why we thought it was urgent that you take advantage of all these programs. And we warned you that these programs were going to warn, uh, run out. Even before the PPP program was uh, going to uh, announce that we were able to share with you the notes that we were receiving from some of our insiders about some of the details. And then we told you it was going to be a limited scope program and that we predicted that it would run out. We thought it was going to last a little bit longer, but guess what? It's dead. It's gone. So the $350 billion that they set aside through the PPP, that money's gone. Now, do I think there's going to be another PPP too? I don't know, but let's hope there is. Word on the street is that they're actually working this weekend trying to uh, inject more billions of dollars into the PPP so more small businesses can survive. Don't get so uh, distracted by all the, the stories about the hypothetical abuse and fraud for all these government programs, because really that's stuff to talk about a year or two years from now. What matters now is that the government, because the government did take all of us out of business in essence, and because of the takings clause, the, the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution, the government does have a legal moral obligation to replace that lost revenue because of the fact, again, that all these businesses were forced to shut down. That's the way it works according to the Fifth Amendment, the takings clause. Um, so right now, the government has to step back in and has to uh, 
support the small business owners. The small business owners, guys, employ something like like 99.9% of all Americans are employed by small business owners. And I think all of you, even though two weeks ago we had a lot of people arguing with us that we knew there wasn't going to be a V-shaped recovery, it just wasn't possible with that many people losing their jobs. Notice how no one's really saying V-shaped recovery anymore. Notice how the world's coming around to the realization that we're probably in what will be called, who knows what, the Great Recession, the Great Depression. I don't even know what. Whatever the term's going to be, it doesn't really matter. The simple fact is, is we're on this bridge together, crossing from what was to what is. And so your number one mission is to survive right now so you can get to the point where you can thrive. And that's the reason that Julie and I wrote the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. And it is free. We want to give it to you along with a free coaching program uh, called Premier Experience. And this is all absolutely free to every single agent on the face of planet Earth. And all you've got to do is text the word SURVIVAL to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996 and then you're going to be sent back a link and you have to essentially set up your username and password and then you're going to be a member of the coaching program. Part of the coaching program, guys, is a daily semi-private coaching call where you call in and then you basically can ask the coach questions. And most days of late, Julie's been running those calls herself just because of the nature and the intensity of the questions that are coming in. We had to put our uh, essentially our best coach forward, and that was Coach Julie. So, Julie, thank you for all yes, that hard my work. my pleasure. It's been uh, quite the adventure, and they have such great questions. And part of that is also sharing some very interesting victories of different types of negotiations that are happening. And you can literally hear day to day the shift in how people are doing business, which right. I think is great. And I'm super proud of them for doing it. Well, th- so guys, the reason that we do our coaching, these semi-private coaching calls the way we do is because there'll be hundreds of people on the call. Um, and not all, um, there will only be a handful that ask questions, but everyone's learning from the questions that are being asked. And so that's a way that we can disseminate information in real time and all of you guys can learn faster. Now, a special announcement for all of you premier coaching members, our regular coaching members, we are going to, you are obviously entitled to that daily semi-private coaching call that I just described, but we're taking it to the next level for you. I think we've got it all squared away that starting next week, we're then also going to be following the daily semi-private coaching call with a demo, with a, a video conference, probably, a, uh, we're thinking about probably just using um, Facebook. Uh, for a FaceTime or whatever it's called, <laughs> maybe Zoom, Facebook something Live, like that. So yeah, Facebook Live. Yeah, that's what it's called. So you guys then will go from the audio call and then you can jump over to the Facebook Live call and then obviously continue the conversation there. But that's only going to be available for our um, Premier Coaching members. Uh, the Premier Experience Coaching members, you guys essentially have a sampling of what the Premier Coaching members get. But what you all get and what you must download urgently is the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, which is broken into three parts. The first one is personal. The second part is protect. And the third part is profit. Um, and truthfully, guys, if you haven't downloaded that yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Now, it is not a, it is not a book in our formal sense. It is more like essentially a smattering of outlines and things we're working on because the content has been uh, being changed and updated. We, I just told you guys, we work on it pretty much probably for between the two of us, probably 10 hours a day. So we're always looking for the best information so you guys can be over-prepared for whatever direction the market is going. And after we tell you some of these crazy ass headlines. I think you're all going to agree that our over-preparedness and and pleading with all of you to yes, hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst is going to uh, pay dividends for all of you uh, going forward, especially as you see how the rest of the country is essentially reacting to this, um, this historic event. So again, text the word survival 
to 31996. Julie, do you have any listener feedback or emails or questions you want to answer first? Oh, you know what we should address first? That, the mortgage um, thing? The mortgage thing. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. So Because we need to kind of ease them into some of these crazy headlines. Um, <laughs> They're not going to believe yeah, them. No. They won't okay. read the headlines. I so, promise you. <laughs> yes. All right. So we, we have been reporting on forbearances for basically a month now. And we've recommended that each and every one of you put all of your mortgages in forbearance, whether that's your primary residence, your rental properties, and or vacation homes. All of those qualify for forbearance. Okay. So... As uh, some of you have been calling your lenders, you've been getting differing experiences. By and large, it's been a fairly easy process where they've got a little checklist. They Sometimes it's just a button online. Uh, I know that Wells Fargo is like that and some of the other bigger lenders have made it fairly easy. However, there's also been a smattering of you who have had an experience such as follows. This is reporting right from uh, some of our coaching clients and colleagues. Okay, so here's how it goes. If you're planning on or have talked to your mortgage servicer about mortgage forbearance, and if they didn't give you the right answer, do your research, as we've been coaching you for a month. My services, uh, my servicer called Bayview Loans flat out lied to me, said the only option was to delay payment for 90 days, and then at the end uh, of the 90 days, I had to pay not just all three months, but also three months plus the fourth that I was entering into all due at the end of the 90 days, or credit would be affected during loan and default. They said it was out of their control because Freddie Mac owned my loan. Well, I called Freddie Mac and Freddie Mac said, no way I should be able to put all mortgage forbearances on the back end of the loan. Like we've been telling you. I downloaded the PDF right from Freddie Mac's website. I called Bayview back again and recorded the call. They still would not give me any terms in writing until I threatened to report them. They changed their tune right away and then agreed to work with me. Okay. So in the CARES Act, it says that this is how it works. On Freddie and Fannie websites, it says that that is how it works. So this is a case of the servicer. And I wrote this down like my question, Tim, to uh, pose to you is, is that because some of these servicers are ignorant of it? Are they being lazy? Are they on a power trip? Why is this happening? Uh, the, the bigger point being that you can cure this by knowing your stuff before you call and saying, uh, no, that's not how it works. Here you go. Here's the PDF. Well, the CARES Act, as we you know read it and as we have shared with these guys before, specifically says that the mortgage servicers uh, have to put all mortgages in forbearance. And you read them the exact quote from the, the CARES yep. Act. We've done that before. And so why aren't they doing it? Here's the reason they're not doing it. Because part of the same, when they were when the lenders agreed to uh, put mortgages in forbearance for 12 months and not charge uh, interest on those missed payments, which by the way, guys, is a really flippin' smart way to avoid another foreclosure tsunami. Because if essentially real estate goes into a free fall like it did last time, then you're gonna see a compounding of problems that are just gonna be immeasurable in terms of the damage that it's gonna have. It's insane. So anyway, the deal that, the way I understood the way the deal was constructed was the lenders agreed to basically forego um, making you know collections and, and putting anybody into you know in negative credit reporting, charging interest, the whole thing provided they had some sort of bailout money. And so the mortgage companies were, okay, fine, we'll do 12-month forbearances, no problem. Just cover us for the missed revenue uh, from having not collected um, you know, for the servicing. 
And then the CARES Act passes and that $2.3 trillion, and guess what? There was no carve out for the lenders to um, cover them. They asked for $100 billion and they didn't get their $100 billion. And so the lenders basically said, okay, you wrote it into this act that we have to essentially forgo this income, but we're worried that if we forgo this income that we're gonna essentially have financial liquidity problems ourselves. So now you're putting us in a situation where you want, you, you know, essentially are ordering us to um, allow uh, borrowers to not have to make payments for 12 months, but you're not doing anything to compensate us for that last income. And that could put us up in, in financial jeopardy. You guys see how this is one domino well, leads to another? Let me support that with the actual numbers because this is out Go of ahead. one of our articles that we had picked out. Even if borrowers don't make their monthly payments, those who collect the payments still have to advance the principal and the interest amounts each month to the bondholders. At the current level of forbearance, mortgage servicers would need to advance $2.3 billion per month to holders of government-backed mortgage securities on COVID-19-related forbearances. Another $1.1 billion in funds will be lost each month by those with portfolio-held or privately securitized mortgages, which is another 5% of the uh, which are in forbearance. So these are real numbers. And that's why these servicers are freaking out. And what the servicers are doing, if you guys are wondering why the servicers are putting overlays, which are added mortgage requirements or lending you know, requirements on top of whatever, like an FHA loan, the FHA did not raise uh, the credit scoring requirements by 100 points and did not uh, demand that they that borrowers start putting down extra money. That's what the servicers did. And the, the FHA, you know, the servicers are the one, like Wells Fargo came out and said, we have stopped doing jumbo mortgage from lack of demand. It's like, really? Is that How can that remotely be true? Because there's lots of parts of the country where if you want to buy a house, you're going to do a jumbo mortgage, right? So the reality of it is, is what the lenders are doing is they're worried about another foreclosure uh, tsunami. And it seems like unless there's some kind of plan in place in between their raising lending standards, and, and we told you guys about this in the show yesterday, if you have a borrower who is, you know, whether it's on your listing and the buyers on the, you know, buyer's agent side, doesn't matter. If you have anything in contract, what the lenders are doing is they're looking for reasons to put those loans in back into underwriting so they can essentially have those borrowers have to follow the new guidelines. So if you have deals in contract right now and the person did not have a, what's the minimum credit score? 700. A 700. Chances are that borrower is not going to get that loan. The down payments went from 10% to 15%. You 20, guys, it's 20 now. It's 20? Yeah. That's insane. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, again, you guys got to be looking at all these things in the from the perspective of survival and be very, very urgent about making sure that when you accept a contract from somebody that they have been checked out and premier coaching members, make sure you're using our ultimate um, ultimate addendum, which walks the borrower through and the lender that the borrower is using, even on a co-op side of all the checks that you must have done. Otherwise, you're going to be accepting a lot of essentially flaky contracts on your listings from borrowers that don't know they can't perform. And you're going to be working with buyers that can't perform and they don't know it either. Well, which to be honest, as a, from a coaching standpoint, is good practice in any time sure. for any reason. It's just that now it's so much more stringent. So where is this all going to go? Okay, do are we going to live with all these lender overlays for the next five or six months? Well, hopefully not, because last week, bipartisan group of lawmakers sent a letter to Treasury Secretary Mnuchin asking for a bailout fund for them. Okay, so they said, quote, the government must be prepared to respond quickly to prevent a liquidity shortfall in the single-family and multifamily mortgage markets and to ensure that consumers are equitably served by that response. Any liquidity provided must be used to stabilize the market. This affects everybody listening. 
to stabilize the market at a time when many families may fall behind on payments and facilitate relief to individual homeowners and renters throughout the market through forbearance, loss mitigation, and protection from displacement rather than immediate defaults and evictions. So we're all trying to avoid that. It's just these guys are dealing with billions of dollars, you know, that they're not taking in. So that explains why they've tightened up everything. I think assuming that they get that bailout fund that we'll see some lightening up, hopefully. And by the way, guys, I think it's a safe assumption that PPP is going to be extended. I think it's a safe assumption that all of you guys who are going on unemployment, 1099s can go on unemployment. All the information on how to do that is part of the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. Just text the word survival to 31996. All of uh, those programs are not just going to, they're not going to just sunset. You're going to see these things being extended realistically until there's a vaccine, which is really the bottom line of all this. You guys are, don't get, you know, essentially distracted by all this Mickey Mouse that's coming out about the government opening up the states and the U.S. is opening up again. That's just a bunch of distractions because really what's happening in, and Julie's, one of her articles she's going to read to you is going to be absolute mind blower. The government's greatest fear right now is civil unrest. Okay, where the hell did that come from? Well, we're about to read you an article. Well, we're going to get to it in a second. But that is the government's greatest fear. And we think, and this is Julie and I's theory, but it makes sense, that they're essentially spinning up all this conversation about the the you know country opening up again because what they're trying to do is stave off people essentially you know rioting and that's what it, and, and again we're going to read you an article that reinforces that that we just discovered maybe an hour ago so the moral of the story is is there's not going to be any return to anything that resembles normal life in our country or really even in the world until there's a vaccine um, for this damn virus. I mean, this virus is a major asshole, and this thing is going to yeah. basically screw up all of our lives. This really has been, if you're thinking about it from a historical perspective, this is really a massive pivot in the history of humanity, which is unbelievable to think about just 45 days ago, you know, how different everything was. And look at it now. Look at the words that we've had to adapt to and learn and all the rest of it, how, how much everything is just changing and continues to change. And again, that's the reason that Julie and I are saying your goal now is to survive and we are going to be your wingman in that process. So make sure you download the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. Um, so look, as far as this mortgage stuff goes, here's our other theory, and it only makes sense. There is going to be no limit to how many trillions of dollars the government, the Fed, is going to pump into the economy. And I cannot imagine in an election year um, that there's going to be anybody preaching anything that even remotely sounds like austerity. In other words, the, it does not matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They're all going to be talking about who's giving away the most money the fastest. That is what's going to happen right now. I, I can't even logically think why that wouldn't happen. Anybody who's a dissenter to the great you know, handout, whatever this is going to be called, will not find themselves having a job in Washington, D.C. because they will not be elected, right? They'll be seen as unsympathetic. So we personally cannot envision a salute or the government reacting in any way other than just giving out more money. So there, yes, the unemployment benefits and all of you guys should be applying. Those would get you probably a minimum of six hundred dollars, six hundred and forty, seven hundred and forty, somewhere in there per week. Some of you will get upwards close to a thousand dollars per week. Um, and then the PPP, when it's refunded, mortgage forbearances, all these things we've been talking to you guys about, those will probably be extended well into next year because essentially they're predicting that it's going to take 18 months to uh, come out with a vaccine. We pray, as many of you do, that, that does not, it does not take that long, but expect that it does. And in those intervening months, 
You cannot have any kind of recovery, any kind of return to normalcy because of the nature of this damn virus. And we talked about this endlessly in past podcasts. And frankly, I'm anxious to get to the next headline. Julie, do you have anything else you want to tag on to what we were talking about? So stay tuned on yeah. the mortgage forbearances, yeah, guys. Yeah, I think it's you know it's definitely changing day by day. You can you, see. You still can get them. I mean, we, we put. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not too late for that. The, we, the PPP money has been temporarily drained. But um, the forbearances, if you haven't asked yet, now is the time. Right. There's, you know, it's saying, and it, it says you just have to be, quote, affected by. And the CARES Act says absolutely no documentation. You're not going to be asked for some long application fee There's no, or uh, process. You don't have to upload anything. Right. You don't have to pay anything. You just have to either call or follow the button on the well, website. So let's talk. We had we did this. So we have Julia have three Wells Fargo based mortgages. These little rental properties actually we mm-hmm. bought like our first year in real estate. And Julie made one phone call and um, put actually, all. Actually, I didn't even. Well, I, I was on the phone for like two or three hours right when this started happening on hold continuously. Had to get on a coaching call. I listened to what it said. Send an email. We'll get back with you within four days. To which I was skeptical, but they actually did within two days. And you know what it said? It said those three mortgages already qualified and have already been placed in forbearance because of whatever nature. I think it was Fannie or Freddie or something like that. Um, and they sent me proof in the email. They said that there was no credit um, problem there um, and it was going on the back end of the loan. Just like that. I mean, I had to do li- virtually nothing. Right. So I'm not saying it's that easy for every lender, but many of them it is. Don't go on Facebook and whatnot and hear. You don't need and, to take a survey. Don't believe. Yeah. Don't don't take a survey of your friends and ask them and because they don't know what we know and what we just told you. You just do exactly what that gal did and you basically know what the law says or the act says. You call up your mortgage company, you see if they're going to play nice and if they're going to do anything other than put your mortgage in forbearance uh, for no fees, no balloon payment at the end of the forbearance, all the missed payments going on the back, no interest on the missed payments. If they're not playing by those rules and they're supposed to go 12 months, now maybe they go six and they give you another six when you ask for it. Um, then you just do what that other agent did and you essentially play hardball with them. You send them a copy of the CARES Act, you record the conversation, you report them. You know, the lenders are going to comply and obviously they're going to comply a lot easier once they get their bailout money. Yeah, in I, our I think opinion. this will be streamlined as we go forward, but that's, that's not a reason to wait though. No, don't. Yeah, well, it's because the reason we don't want you to wait is because things are definitely going to get a lot worse. There's That's it. I know Julie and I are the only ones telling you that. And a month ago, we were the only ones telling you what we were telling you then. And we're telling you now it's going to get a lot worse. And here is story headline number one. Okay. We need music. Why are we? Why <laughs> dun, don't we? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so when you first said this to me, I for some reason, the X-Files music was in the back of my head. Like, this cannot possibly be a thing. Okay. And then we researched it. And it, yeah, this is right, because this, this isn't the only place it's being reported. Okay, exclusive. As Washington, D.C. faces coronavirus spike, secret military tax task force prepares to secure the Capitol. Okay, so here's the quote. No, quote, no one wants to talk evacuation, especially when there's nowhere to go, says a senior military officer working on continuity of government planning. He requested anonymity because he's not authorized to speak on the record. But a little-known military task force charged with the evacuating of Washington has already been activated. A task force charged with the most sensitive government mission of securing Washington in the face of attackers, foreign or domestic, and necessary, and if necessary, moving the White House and other key government offices to alternate locations. And there, there's a lot of, um, you know, uniformed personnel that have already been um, deployed there from uh, Secretary of Defense, 
Lots of uh, military bases have been activated. And this is a, you know, this is a homeland security type thing. And remember, guys, it was about, what, two weeks ago, we were telling you that we are getting, uh, and there were reports that uh, were here and there on the internet, not yeah. getting widely reported. And we had actually coaching students sending us pictures of on trains, heavy military vehicles that were being uh, shipped around. And I didn't think anything of it because I certainly saw that when we, I certainly saw National Guards rolling around before, even here in Puerto Rico, even during, you know, before this virus hit. And we certainly saw it a lot in Texas. There was an army base that was nearby. But the difference in that, this is what we found out, is that the National Guard doesn't use trains. The National Guard drives their vehicles, which, again, I didn't know. And so what we were seeing or, or, or you know, people were sending us information, we're taking pictures of, was the military repositioning essentially being forward deployed through these acts that Julie is telling you about. This includes Blackhawks, by the way. Right. Now, so, so we thought... This is what we're learning. Remember, we're real estate coaches, so let's just circle this back around so we can have a good party. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking about this. We thought that it was actually unconstitutional for the military, other than the National Guard, to be forward deployed on U.S. soil. And it turns out that there's a little carve-out in provisions that Julie's telling you about now where that's actually not the case. So this goes and reinforces our previously held theory that what the government is most worried about, obviously, is continuity of government. You need to be worried about continuity of your economy, your own personal household, right? The continuation is what continuity means. So what they're focused on now is the anticipated riots and civil unrest that may, and let's pray to God, doesn't happen. Why are they actually thinking like that? Oh, I think I know why. Because they know there's an excellent chance that the, the, the virus vaccine won't be around for 18 months. And in the intervening months, they need to do everything in their power to prepare for the worst. How many of you guys are actually thinking along those same lines? Julie? Well, so if you weren't taking it seriously before, you know, this is a pretty big indicator. Um, I, I just wanted to, to show that this, this, is a, this is different than a lot of the internal movement that you see from time to time. So I mentioned Blackhawks a second ago. Um, there's two battalions from Illinois, the National Guard Armory that has Blackhawk helicopters. And unlike other guardsmen activated under what they call Title 32 orders, uh, which are under uh, the governor's control but paid for by the federal government, these guys with the Blackhawks are activated under Title 10 orders, which are strict federal duty as if they were going to be shipped off to Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh, but in this case, they're going to Washington, D.C. with these specific orders to evacuate um, you know, the personnel in Washington, our leaders, if necessary. That's already happened. This isn't like we're thinking about it. it so yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's I, I'm happy that they're taking these defensive measures. I think it's awesome to, to obviously defend our capital. But I think well, it shows the gravity of the issue. I'm actually not happy about it. Can no? I tell you why? Because who are they defending against? That's the question. Isn't Us. It? Citizens. From, yeah. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. So what they're there, basically yeah. planning on doing is they're thinking that people are going to revolt against the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I were talking about why is it we're in a two-week-at-a-time lockdown? Probably because if we were told that it was going to be until, you know, July, that people would come unglued. You know, so this is a story to watch. And if you're in the Northern Virginia, Washington area, you may see some interesting things happening right now. But at the very least, please, for the love of God, get your mortgages in forbearance because that's your defensive measure. 
The government's going to do what they're going to do. You've got to take care of what you can actually control, which is forbearances. By the way, on this podcast back in early March, do you guys remember when we were telling you a story of one of Julie's personal coaching clients whose husband who worked in the Pentagon was called into an emergency meeting? That was the extent of the information. The only the nature of this meeting was that it was unprecedented with the people that were being called in. Do you remember how Julie and I were sort of touching around, theorizing about what we thought would happen, and we touched and talked about it a little bit? Well, what we were thinking, what we were thinking was going to happen has obviously been put into place. That's clearly what they were planning on doing. All right. So please listen to us. Our our guessing seems to be good. Our crystal ball thus far seems to be accurate. All right. So from other headlines, though, that is probably the best, the humdinger. And we've talked about some of these other things too, guys. Uh, Here's something that uh, supposedly this weekend, they are going to be extending some kind of small business relief. So like we're, you know, carnivorous, uh, carnivorous, car- <laughs> there you go. coronavirus built uh, talks will go through the weekend after small business funds dry up. So that's something from a headline from CNBC. Um, and then there's more stories about, um, we're putting another story on uh, timandjulieharris.com about how to apply for unemployment um, as a 1099 or quote unquote gig worker. But again, that information has been sitting on that free coaching site for you guys for weeks now. So make sure you yes. don't wait on that. And don't be confused either. So again, a lot of questions about this. And unfortunately, we've had to learn about unemployment, which we knew nothing about before, that there's the state unemployment and then there's the unemployment money that comes from the CARES Act. The CARES Act guarantees a $600 kicker on top of whatever you qualified for under the state insurance. That's the reason that most people are going to be getting a minimum of about 750 bucks a week. If you have two self-employed people in your house, apply. If you have a, um, you know, if W-2 obviously applies, again, all the things that qualifies you for unemployment, there's a big long list. I have to say it's not anybody who applies for unemployment is going to get it. That's the best way to summarize what you have to do to qualify for unemployment. If you were, you know, honestly, one of the requirements, guys, or one of the suggested requirements and you was that if you have children and they're at home and there you go, you qualify for unemployment and yeah. does not exclude you from making income either. So if you're being smart and you're making money from BPOs, which we've been asking you guys to do, if you want to learn how to make money now from BPOs, just text the word BPO to 31996. Text the word BPO to 31996 and listen to the podcast we did on BPOs not so long ago. But if you um, essentially, you can be doing BPOs and still getting unemployment. The unemployment deal, as I just described, is for four months. But like I said, being this is an election year, I'd be shocked if it didn't get continued. Okay, more headlines. And these are not good, but these are facts. And Julie and I are not cherry picking. This is just what real estate headlines are. Home builder, a home building just had its worst month since 2000, or I'm sorry, since 1984. What traders see as um, ahead for the group. I was 14 and you were 13. I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> In 1984. Hey, you're not supposed to reveal all that. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. Um, yes. Housing starts fell by over 22% from the previous month. The Commerce Department said Thursday, home builder confidence was also pummeled with one key indicator seeing the biggest drop in its 35-year history. So home construction stocks have also reflected this weakness. Uh, Let's see, what else? The general feeling and consensus is that supply chains and just the ability to build inventory right now has severely changed. And that's true. We have new construction all around our neighborhood and there's nothing going on. So um, watch that. They talked about Home Depot probably being okay stock-wise and a lot of other little snippet facts, but um, new construction certainly something to watch. We reported yesterday that builders are already starting to throw commission dollars at you guys. 
which is a good thing for you. And it's also a good thing for your buyers who haven't been able to get into anything because the promotions are already flying around. I saw something yesterday, a 6% buyer side commission and all kinds of perks. There are appliance packages, deck pass packages, pools, stuff like that to burn off some of the inventory that recently came up. Here's the ultimate problem with the building, guys, is that the new construction basically is they obviously they're worried about buyers ability to obtain financing. But there was a spike in these yet to be closed but sold homes. So houses that people had deposits on, they're backing out on those. So the builders are going to be stuck with a glut of homes. Moving forward, there inevitably is going to be inflation that's going to be in the economy in a meaningful way. All this money printing does not lead to pretty things. And that's going to happen probably and obviously in the next two to three years. And what that's going to do is it's going to raise the cost of the construction supplies, wood, windows, all the rest of it, and labor. And it's going to make new construction even more expensive so most borrowers aren't going to be able to afford it these are the things that happen in a changing market like this guys these are the things that you have to be prepared for now if you haven't hung yourself yet we're not going to give you any more bad news <laughs> no. i want to i want to I have something you. fun to report i've got a, one article left good like, let's go fun for something completely different the average american is passing the time amid the new coronavirus oh, pandemic by, don't 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 oh, am i was, jumping on one of your things you're you jumping like? on one of my okay things. that's all right back oh, to you, you you can't do that okay well, yeah, you're, you're, that was. We don't tell each other ahead of time things we like and things we hate. So I was just jumping on what it Yeah, Julie so I'm and I. I'm going to close it and you can talk about we're it. We're going to end today's podcast by. I have giving, mine written down so you can't cheat. Uh, <laughs> well, that better <laughs> not have okay. been one of them. No. But we're going to give you two things we love and two things we hate at the end of uh, today's podcast. But I want to remind all of you that no matter what direction the market is going, and I, you know, this is something we talk to you guys about all the time, no matter what direction the market is going, there'll always be sellers that have to sell. That's the main thing you have to keep in mind. Even it does not matter how crappy the interest rates are, how bad the news is, how this, the other thing does not matter. Even at the height of the worst economic times in history of history, there are always real estate transactions happening. And I'll tell you what's more is in a time of inflation, people are going to want to get out of dollars because they're going to see their, like inflation essentially is going to cause your money to have less buying power. So if you have $50,000 saved, Literally keeping that money in the bank, it loses, it, it devalues, it depreciates, if you want to think of it that way. That's the era that we're entering into next. That's the natural side effect of all this you know, infusion of these trillions of dollars into the economy. And when that happens, people rush out of cash and they look for where to put their money. And one of the traditional places that they put it, obviously, is going to be metal, you know, gold, silver. But they also put it in land, but they put it in real estate. That's one of the commodities, right? Sometimes you hear what people say, commodities. But what they're really talking about is real estate. And there's a Baron von Rothschild quote, and we shared this with you guys before. It, this isn't exactly what it is, but this is the gist of it. When there's blood on the streets, buy real estate, even if it's your own, as in blood. You know, because the point is, is when people are the most pessimistic, the most skeptical, the most fearful, that's when you can basically be a contrarian and, and purchase then and be ready to purchase. But in order for that to happen, you have to survive before you can thrive. And that's what we want you to do now. That's the reason that, frankly, we are trying to be ahead of our skis. We are trying to essentially be far ahead of whatever you might be tuning into and listening to. We know everyone's talking to you about centers of influence and past clients and working on your mindset and all that stuff. We know everyone's blowing sunshine up your skirt about there being a V-shaped recovery. We're intentionally not doing that because we truthfully do not see that happening. It's pretty much impossible that that's going to happen. There is no second half recovery. Guys, we're almost into May, so that would mean by the end of June, then we're in the second half. Do you really see the market returning then? Do you really see this 
you know, all the clouds clearing and the tulips blooming. Well, it might be the clouds, it might be the tulips, but the economy's not going to return. So that's okay. You can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do about it is work on your skill set. The only thing you can do right now is, it's, a, it's the example I gave on this interview I did with um, Dave this morning, the president of EXP, right? So, so many of you are used to walking into a seller's house with a toolbox, right? Your skill set that maybe has two tools in it. Like you might have your screwdriver and a hammer. But what's going to happen going forward is you're going to have to have a whole variety of tools to solve a whole variety of problems. And some of them are going to be the traditional problems. Others of them are going to require things that you have to know, like how to do short sales or how to do maybe a short sale where essentially the bank doesn't take a loss. There's all kinds of variants of these things that you're going to have to learn that we teach you in the Premier Coaching Program. So what we're begging all of you to do is take this seriously and get ahead of the curve. Because like the PPP, a lot of the things that we're going to teach you in the Premier Coaching Program, not the free one, but the one where you're actually a paid member, those things, what essentially happens is that they're like, for example, if you wanted to do BPOs, if you're not taking that seriously now, what's going to happen is 90, 120 days from now, when everyone's desperate to find a source of cash, everyone's going to want to do BPOs. Every single agent's going to want to do them. But the banks, the services aren't going to need new agents because they'll have already selected the agents in your marketplace who they are called their preferred vendors. And once that happens, there goes the source of income for you, a potential source of income. So this is the reason that you have to take uh, everything that, that we're telling you seriously and be absolutely urgent to get ahead of the line on all this. And I'll, here it is. Just text the word BPO to 31996. Text the word BPO to 31996 and we'll have somebody call you back. By the way, guys, we're working on our own agent bailout program because we know so many of you guys um, want to get into our premier coaching program. We're going to put together a financing offer for all of you, which essentially is going to allow everyone to enter into the co uh, coaching program with no money down, with uh, you don't have to use your credit card. It's not going to be uh, uh, based on your credit score, your, all that. So we're working on a program right now to make it so all of you guys can get in, er, into premier coaching because that's really truly what you need to be overprepared for the next, this next leg down in the economy and housing. Um, and there is going to be a leg down in housing. There's no doubt. And the simple reason is, is because if people don't have jobs, people aren't going to get mortgages and people cannot qualify for a mortgage on their unemployment insurance. So the reality of it is, is you're going to see a lot of consternation in the market. And if you think about it, okay, you're maybe selling more expensive houses and you're thinking, how is this relevant to me? Because the people that own those more expensive houses are not going to feel comfortable spending money on a house as they would have before if they're not confident that their own cash flow from, say, for example, their own business or where they probably are an executive, whether those they're going to have a source of income from that going forward. So these are the types of things that you need to be prepared for. But here's the real important thing. No matter how bad the market gets, there's still transactions that happen. There's still sellers that have to sell. You just have to have earned the, or learned the skill set to be able to be trusted with those sellers so you can earn the money. And that's really where all of you are right now. So when you walk into that seller's house, you have a screwdriver and a hammer now. Again, you're going to need all kinds of tools in this new market, this new economy, especially focusing on sellers. If you're thinking you're going to get through this focusing on buyers, you are probably, I mean, just straight up, it's not going to happen. The buyer-based business is dead and it's probably not going to come back for years. I mean, agents who only know how to work with buyers. If you want to work with buyers, well, how many of you want to work with buyers if you could work with sellers? The answer is probably about none. So if you want to work with buyers, though, you get listings and then you'll have more buyers you know what to do with no matter how bad the market is. 
This is how it works. Because what happens in a seller's, I'm sorry, in a buyer's market or a declining market or an uncertain market, there are still buyers. There are always are buyers when things are positioned correctly in the market. That's condition and it's price and obviously location. That's what we teach you to do in the coaching program. All right. Do you have any other news or headlines? No, we can go to things we like and things we hate. Okay. I get, like. to go, I get to All go right, first. You go first. I get to go first. This is an awesome story. So according to um, Netflix, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I created a joke out of this too. Okay. According great. to Netflix, the average American is watching Netflix for how many hours a day right now? You already know the answer. I already know the answer. Oh, so eight like, hours a day. Eight and, hours, like and, the amount of a full-time job. Okay. So how many hours? They also did a survey uh-huh. of how many hours a day the average realtor is watching <laughs> Netflix a day. It's more than eight. It was 23 and a half hours a day. 23 and a half. Yeah. The other half hour counting for making coffee and going to the restroom. That's right. No, no. They were able to do that, actually, (laughs) while while watching Netflix on their mobile phones. No, the second part was a joke, guys. But still, Uh, I mean, realize how crazy that is. The average American is watching Netflix for eight hours a day. So I don't know if that's something I love or something I hate. It's crazy. I don't know. I I guess I'm just glad that it's there. Imagine if this happened. I I always think about the Spanish flu. Like, what did those people do when they had to stay home? But I'm going to... You know, <laughs> I, I, you and I watch yeah. uh, streaming stuff at not night. Not eight hours a day. No, but, not eight hours And I a totally day. don't get that whole Tiger King, whatever that... No, we is. couldn't sit through that. That what was... Is, I do not understand that at all. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. That Carol lady... Whew, bad news. <laughs> bad news. Bad we, news. But we did. We they, if they want to list with you, just say no. No, no, no. So no I'll, gi- I'll give you guys a hint. <laughs> Anything that you have to watch while drinking... It's, it's not, not good. It's not good. No. Okay? So just remember that. So if you like something because you watched it after you had two glasses of wine, I promise you it's terrible. No. It's <laughs> awful. Yes. All right. So your turn. Something- okay. Things that, one thing that I like. Okay? We'll do uh, things we like. Uh, I really love these stories about animals taking over towns because people are locked up. Everything from... The water in Venice being like crystal clear so you can see ducks and fish. And, you know, the a lot of people are saying it's not just the pollution because people aren't, you know, out doing stuff. It's because the boats would kick up sentiment. So the, the canals in Venice look completely different. But we also have alligators taking over in South Carolina. We've got uh, mountain lions taking over all a lot of cities in South America. There's peacocks wandering around certain towns. Uh, the U.K. has a real problem with goats. Um, so let's see, what was it? Wild hogs in Barcelona. Well, didn't they see like on the Golden Gate Bridge, didn't they see like wolves or coyotes? coyotes? Yeah. Lots of coyotes. Well, ju- so I, I just think that's kind of You were sitting in our house here in Puerto Rico. We live in Dorado, oh, Puerto yeah. Rico. We live in a Ritz-Carlton community, believe it or not. And Julie, well, you tell your story. Well, what was I? I was probably reading some of these articles, researching for the podcast. And I was on the couch. My back was to the, um, the backyard. And so I was on her iPad. Everything was very quiet. And I heard the scratching, and I thought, oh, that's that's just the air conditioning rubbing on the... Did it sound like this? Yeah. I thought, well, that's just like the blinds from the air conditioning. And then it got louder, and I looked in the windowsill, and there was this giant iguana with what had to be like six-inch-long back claws, <laughs> like trying to get in the house. And yes, we've seen these in the like in the, in the golf course and stuff like that, but not like right at your window. And in fact, I had to go after him with a hose to get him because he wanted to be in the pillows of the outdoor furniture. And then, then last night you're grilling, and these big ass toads. Well, not just any kind of toad. What kind of toads are they? Um, what are they called? They're poisonous. 
I can't think of them right now, but they're poisonous. They're like the size of softballs. Yeah, and they'll just sit there and look at you, and you can't touch them. No, because they're poisonous. And they look like something from Star Wars, from the uh, from the like Jabba the from the bar. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting weirder. Yeah, but they're poisonous toads, and they're like they got attitudes. They're like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you know, good luck. And and you even go out, you like stomp your feet, and they just still look at you. And then finally, basically, if they're you know convinced that you're not going to back off, then they run off. And so yeah, there were these two big giant toads that were guarding uh, the grill, and they definitely were poisonous. All right, I'm going to tell you something. One more, then you have to come up with yeah. something you love. Yep. All right, so uh, something I love. When I was working early this morning, mm-hmm. uh, Zoe came into my office, mm-hmm. and she had Zoe's sleepy face, which she yes. does look like. She looks like a, a Muppet. She looks like something from South Park, right? I mean, she does. <laughs> she looks like a Muppet. Yeah. She, she comes in. She doesn't really say anything. She crawls up on my lap, and she yeah. just basically passes out. Oh. Yeah, that's super cute. That was something I loved. That was just an awesome, you know. Yes. That's I nice think, to wake up to. Oh, she's so amazing. She's All right, awesome. your turn. Okay, do we want something I love or something? Let's go to a thing I hate, which we've kind of touched on, but I really do hate how unorganized and inconsistent banks are with lending, servicing people with too much power to say no, even if they have no idea what they're talking about. I, I'm going to be hating that until it turns around on behalf of everyone. So that's a real simple, easy thing to hate, but also not surprising. Um, something I hate is how the governor of Michigan is acting with regards to being on a massive seeming power trip, trying to essentially create it too far, taking it too far. And something I love the flip side to that Mm -hmm. is how the people in Michigan said, F you lady. Yes. We're not doing it. They were not doing it. And they all basically revolted. Granted, they were all in their cars and there was no pitchforks and they were definitely six (laughs) feet away from each other. But the fact is, is they all revolted and they sent this, I think, didn't they storm like the courthouse or I don't know. Yeah. And they were supported by the, these were four individual mayors that supported that and just said, you know, this is inconsistent. It's hard to follow. It's unreasonable. And I think that the examples were something like, you know, why can you, I forget what it was they could buy, but you can't buy paint. Like you can't, she wanted to close down outside plant nurseries and just weird stuff that was super inconsistent. Oh, but you still could, you still could buy listeners in Michigan. You can't buy paint, you can't buy flowers, you can't buy dirt, but you still can buy lottery tickets. Yeah. Which you have to stand in line for. Yeah, but why are they still selling lottery tickets? Because that's It raises money. For the government. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little bit nutballs over there. Um, but go Michigan, even though we're from Ohio. Yes, I said it. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. A thing I like. All right, so I'm going to totally nerd out on you right now, oh, but boy. I think this is really cool. This isn't going to be a Star Wars thing about Yoda, is it? No, you're close. You're in the you're in the right family. Oh boy. Okay, so you. I don't know how our millennials won't have any idea what I'm talking about, but um, those of you who remember uh, the newer Star Treks with Patrick Stewart and um, Commander Picard. Okay, so. He now is, I think he's about 80 years old now, and he's doing this series on Facebook. If you haven't heard him speak, he's like a very, you know, sophisticated sounding older British gentleman type. And uh, he is doing a Shakespeare sonnet reading every night on Facebook for people to listen to. That's awesome. And I think it's pretty cool. Okay. He didn't have to do anything. He's earned sitting at home having cigars if he wants to, but he's doing the Shakespeare sonnets. And I think that's really cool. I, think I sent should... you the one about um, Sir Sterling Moss. He did one especially yeah, for him. Yeah, Sterling Moss just passed away. Yeah. Very famous Formula so, One driver. Yeah, so he did one especially for him. And I thought that was cool. Well, guys, we're going to do our Sunday special show. It's going to be uh, more Julie and I without an agenda. We have a lot of fun on those shows. We sort of like, you know, we take all these different little pieces of fragmented information from our coaching calls, from talking to all these executives and brokers. 
you know, guys, look, th we're all in this together. We're going to get through this together. We're going to, Julie and I are going to do everything we possibly can to be your North Star when you're looking for essentially direction, what to go and what, and what actions to take. So for the love of God, here's your homework. Number one, step away from the Netflix, okay? You, you got it. You, you watched enough. You're good. And seriously, listen to what we're suggesting that you do, begging that you do. Do not keep thinking that the government's going to bail you out. It's clearly not. The government is positioned to bail itself out. The government is actually obviously positioning to protect itself. Okay? You guys get where we're getting here? So take action. Protect yourself. Learn how to be of service to sellers. Focus on sellers. Focus on how to be powerful listing agents. Then it does not matter. There will always be people that will loan money, always be people that want to buy houses, always be people that have to sell houses. There'll always be a market. You just have to be in the position to earn that business. If you need us for anything, um, by the way, if you guys want to talk to me about joining eXp Realty, now is a great time to seriously consider that, especially if you're a broker, because you know as well as I do, you're looking at your, you're looking at your income that's coming in. You know what your expenses are. Do you have enough staying power for the next maybe year? Probably not. So text me directly and we'll have a private one-on-one -on -one conversation and we can talk to you about moving you over to eXp and giving you a graceful exit um, into something that's going to be vastly better than probably what you're doing now. Just text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic, safe, happy weekend and we'll talk with you on Sunday. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.